Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of Know Your Enemy. Of course, my name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joined, as always, by our film guru, uh, the mastermind at, uh, the true mastermind at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Doing good. And I want to make sure I get this get this right. From Buffalo Rumblings, Dan Lavoie, did I get that right? It actually is Lavoie. I don't go, oh. go by the Cana- Canadian French one, but it's all good. Dan Lavoie here from Buffalo Rumblings. Yeah, if you can see the hockey jersey behind my my uh, jersey there, I'm I'm Canadian, so that's why I went for the for, for the Lavoie. <laughs> Darn <Yeah>. it. <laughs> anyway, Dan, uh, pleasure to have you on this evening. Um, right off the top, uh, Steelers, uh, Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Is that home field advantage the same in Buffalo than it uh, than it was a year ago without the fans there? I, I don't think it'll ever be the same. No. Uh, when the when the whole place is rocking, you just cannot beat it. And we're going to miss it this week for sure. Yeah. And uh, it, it's been like that for really everyone all year long. But Jeffrey, when we head into this game here, the Steelers have been struggling. Are, can they turn it around against a Bills team that has been extremely well and blasting on all cylinders so far this year? Well, Steven Nelson is back if they get Joe Hayden back. Joe Hayden is so big on our defense. He's so important to what we do. If Joe Hayden and Nelson are both playing, yes, we have a shot at this. The offense is obviously going to have to to step up. But with a full week, an actual real week to prepare for this game, I I think the Steelers have a chance. Now, Dan... Obviously, uh, one of the guys uh, that have been playing pretty well for those Buffalo Bills, one Mr. Josh Allen. Can you talk about how good he's been this year and uh, why he's one of those uh, MVP candidates? Yeah, he's he's freaking amazing. I don't know what else to say other than you and I all know how bad he looked early in his career. Um, mechanically, he's just turned everything around, and he's so much more accurate than he used to be. Um, he's reading defenses better. He's a lot more comfortable in this offense and he has weapons. I think just the team built around him is so strong now that he's in his element and that's making him dangerous any given week. Now, Jeffrey, is this a guy that we're able to contain or is there any possibility you can stop Josh Allen? You can try and contain him. Um, honestly, I've been saying for years, Josh Allen reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger. He was that big you know, athletic, strong-armed, gunslinger kind of a guy who could make plays but didn't really know how to play football, wasn't really a great quarterback yet, and he's turned to that corner. He is turning that corner, and the, the dangerous thing with them is with Stefan Diggs, he's found his guy. He finally has a receiver that is, you know, kind of his guy, like we saw Ben have with Antonio Brown, and we see Ben not having right now. So I think Josh Allen is is – probably the most dangerous quarterback we face this season. Actually, I think that's pretty clearly the case. <laughs> I just, I said that and then I'm thinking, wait a minute. No, that's, yeah, that's absolutely the case. Now, there's obviously a lot of praise going around for Josh Allen. Dan, if, if you can look in your crystal ball, is Josh Allen going to hoist a Lombardi one day? Man, I would, I would love nothing more than to see that. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how it would feel for you guys, but for a Buffalo Bills fan who's never gotten to taste that glory, uh, I, I would love nothing more than to see that. Uh, at the very least, he's going to rewrite some record books in Buffalo before he's out. Uh, basically, the same question to you, Jeffrey. Is uh, is Ben done ho- hoisting his Lombardis, or uh, 
I, I know it's all doom and gloom because the Steelers lost one game now, but uh, is there still a chance that uh, the old uh, 17-year gunslinger uh, gets another one in before he calls uh, calls it quits? This is still this is still their best shot. This year is that year. Still got time to turn it around, like I talked about last last week. There are teams. It really, once you make the playoffs, what matters is how you play in the playoffs. The rest of the season doesn't really matter. Like the the odds that even if we went and lost every game from here on out, the odds that we make the playoffs are are pretty pretty good. Like so, you, you know, right now it's not so much a big deal of getting this righted right now and start winning games. It's it's making sure this team is ready to go in a playoff, and when we get to the playoffs, because we are we're going to get there. Now, Dan, we were talking about those weapons that Josh Allen uh, now has. Of course, Stefan Diggs being that big name, the, the the new guy in town. What has he done to this offense, and why have the Bills been able to evolve with him uh, in that uh, in that wide receiver room? I think the biggest thing that he brings to this team has actually been. Uh, that he took two pretty good starters that the Bills already had with John Brown and Cole Beasley, and he made those the number two and the number three guys. Uh, the Bills also have a pretty promising rookie receiver, Gabriel Davis, uh, who has three touchdowns in the last four weeks. Um, so right now, John Brown is injured on injured reserve. So it's Ben Davis asked to step up, and he's done that. Um, but I think Diggs just sets that example for the whole group of receivers, for for the whole skill position set. Uh, and he just opens up by being that go-to guy who can get 100 yards every week. Uh, everyone else is able to thrive behind that. Now, Jeffrey, if uh, if Joe Hayden's not good to go in this game, is Stefan Diggs feasting, or how do you see kind of those uh, defensive matchups uh, plan out with those uh, with those big play receivers in Buffalo? I, d- I just talked about this in a film room that, that's going to be coming out shortly. Uh, but Joe Hayden is huge, not just against cornerbacks, but against tight ends and running backs, because there's a reason the Steelers play Vince Williams on his side. As we all know, Joe Hayden gets interceptions, jumping those short out routes from the slaughter from tight ends or from running backs. He makes plays on those balls. Last game, when we lost to Washington, when Joe Hayden went down, they went straight at Vince Williams with out routes, because when Joe Hayden's in there, he doesn't have to worry about those. Hayden jumps those, Terrell Edmonds covers deep, and, and Williams just has to worry about the middle of the field. With Joe Hayden out, Cameron Sutton was was following those guys and not jumping those routes, and they absolutely targeted that area of the field, and that's how they had their uh, J.D. McKissick or whatever, their running back. You know, he's he's nobody. He's, he's not a, a big name. He's not a huge threat, but he's 70 yards on us because we really couldn't couldn't stop him with Joe Hayden out there. So Joe, Joe Hayden is important for the entire the entire defense. He's one of the most important defenders on this team. Now, Dan, another guy on your Bills offense, Devin Singletary, of course. Uh, I believe Zach Moss is behind him. Well, what, what has Singletary done in year two, and uh, has he uh, been able to evolve and take his game to a, to a new level? Uh, you know, he actually hasn't yet, uh, which which was a bit of a surprise. He looked really promising last year, kind of uh, overtook Frank Gore before the end of the year. Uh, the Bills replaced Gore with Zach Moss in the draft this year. But uh, I, I think because Josh Allen has taken that next step, this is a very pass-happy offense now. It used to be ground and pound, and they just are not anymore. Um, Singletary has had trouble finding running room. Uh, he's turned it on a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but probably the first half of the season, he did not look good. Um, Zach Moss is also, you know, 
it's turning it up, but he's still not quite how good he used to look when he was in college. Um, so the, the running game for the bills is not very impressive. And if the Steelers can find a way to make Allen uncomfortable, pressure him, you know, make him make some bad throws, uh, the bills are not very balanced. And that's one way that the Steelers could try to attack the bills is make Josh Allen uncomfortable. Now, Jeffrey, with that in mind, uh, the Steelers, of course, like we talked about earlier, th- those running backs out of the backfield is what killed the Steelers a week ago. Is there any way they can stop that? Say Joe Hayden's out of the lineup. Is is that something uh, the scheme might be able to figure out, or are they just going to be gashed by running backs all year long? With with Robert Spillane now, Robert Spillane is our best running back coverage linebacker. He is great at it. He's a fantastic green dog blitzer. He's he's good at getting out there, and he's, he's great at changing directions in zone. And on, on those routes. So he's great covering linebacker, covering running backs. He's out. Uh, he's probably not playing. Joe Hayden, we don't know. If he is out, yeah, we're going to have serious problems with backs coming out of the backfield. That Devin Singletary could be that guy. You could see uh, the tight end Tyler Croft. Uh, the big mistake would be, you know, taking us out of nickel, taking us out of bigger sets, and putting too many wide receivers on the field. Uh, but then if Joe, then if Joe Hayden isn't isn't there, I mean you're you're putting Justin Lane out there who who just forgot to cover people yesterday. He forgot how to do zone assignments in, in some of the plays. Like he was really struggling, and they were running a whole bunch of concepts at him that he just wasn't ready for. If Joe Hayden's out, yeah, everything's a problem. And that's something you're going to have to watch out for because the Bills run. I think more four wide receiver sets than any other team in the league. They love to spread it out uh, and they will throw passes and screen plays uh, out of the backfield too. So um, it, it's a team that likes to outsmart you uh, and, and try to make those defenders think. And absolutely they have to watch out for that. I think what's going to come down to it is can they make enough pressure with their front seven to throw the bills off balance or do they just not have the pieces to them? No, Dan, when when we look at this matchup too, uh, Steelers and Bills back to back year Sunday night football, has this become like a, a premier game in the NFL? Is is this something that we can expect for uh, years in the future? That Steelers Bills is one of those uh, big time games. Man, I'd love to see that. I mean, just drive down the throughway and and there you go. Um, it obviously the Steelers contend every single year, like like clockwork. I mean, even last year, you know, it was Duck Hodges. Uh, time to shine and so it didn't have quite the same appeal but in its own way it was still like a really fun game to see with all those defensive plays and, and I would love to see that kind of Lake Erie brotherhood uh, going on of some of these teams clustered in that in that region really showing up and you know showing that there's more to the NFL than the NFC East out there for broadcast <laughs> oh goodness yeah I know there's been quite a few of those games Jeffrey Dan, Dan mentioned it, Duck Hodges a year ago. That game essentially ended the Steelers' playoff hopes last year when the Steelers lost to the Bills. That was it. Is, is this a revenge game by any means? Do you think uh, it's potential that the Steelers might have a, a, a little uh, a little extra in the tank because that this is the team that basically ended their year last year? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think so. This is such a different season than that was. I, I don't think any of that any of that really carries over. And this game doesn't have that level of importance, I don't think, to either team. Like they're we're both pretty pretty secure. Where if you lose this game, well, it hurts. 
but it's not like it's not like your season's over. It's not it's not a big deal. Uh, but it should it's it should be a good game. I mean, it's a big game just because of the teams that are in it. I think I, I saw something where it's like the highest winning percentage uh, for two Sunday night for a Sunday night team uh, Sunday night matchup uh, in December, like ever. Oh. In December, like, like it's it's one of just they're both just winning. Yeah, and that, that makes for like a five star matchup. And two of those guys, Dan, uh, on your defensive side, Tre'Davious White and Josh Norman, uh, a cornerback duo, uh, fresh to this year. How have they looked uh, playing uh, on opposite sides? Uh, so in the case of White, I mean, last year All Pro, outstanding season, just incredible. Uh, this year uh, is not at that same degree. Uh, I think he's also, you know, turning it up the last few weeks. That's kind of been the theme for the Bills lately. Uh, he he has three interceptions in the last four weeks, and teams are not throwing at him very much. He's kind of on his island at this point. Um, but he's a playmaker, and he he just has that clutch gene in him. So you you always have to watch out for him. Uh, the number two corner opposite him has kind of been a hazy spot. Uh, they wanted to start Josh Norman, uh, but he's hurt his hamstring like three times this year. He also got COVID. Um, so at this point, he's not the starter anymore. Um, the Bills are rolling with Levi Wallace, who's been the starter the last couple of years, and, and he's doing that job. Uh, he kind of got picked on a little bit against the 49ers, uh, but not enough to really affect the outcome. But that is one of the weaker links. If you're going to be attacking the defense, your best bet is just stay away from White. Now, if the Steelers have to throw the ball, Jeffrey, to uh, to knock off the Bills, um, are, are they going to start replacing receivers that uh, can't hold on to the ball? Because obviously drops have been an issue. Uh, 16 uh, total drops the last two weeks. Is that uh, is that what it's going to come down to if uh, guys can't hang on to the ball? Well, we saw the Steelers play James Washington more last week. He's not dropping the ball. Ben just didn't throw to him. Uh, so, like... Like they can they can do what they want. Uh, the offense is designed the way it is, and and it's designed for receivers like Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron to thrive. And as long as they're dropping passes, that's that's huge. That's that's drive stoppers. The Steelers are living off of short routes, and when you when you're gaining four or five yards a pass, you can't have a drop that kills an entire drive. And that's that's what we're seeing is you start to get a drive going and a drop pass, and that's it. It's over. Now, changing gears a little bit, Dan, the Steelers and Bills, uh, a couple of years ago, both drafted someone with the last name of Edmonds in the first round. Uh, obviously, when when it first started off, it looked like Tremaine was uh, far and away the, the better pick. Uh, Terrell Edmonds has really turned it on this year. I, I don't know how much you've been able to watch the Steelers uh, play it, if, if any. But my question to you, and I'll come back to Jeffrey on this one, too. If you could only take one of those guys, Tremaine or Terrell, who, who would it be? I... I would obviously I would take Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I I think he's a star in the making, um, and he's you know been starting middle linebacker for three seasons now for the Bills, and you know very rare that I am disappointed with his play. Uh, he's he's an awesome guy, and yeah, I as much as uh, I appreciate Terrell Edmonds and his value that he's probably bringing to your team, uh, when Tremaine Edmonds is not playing well this defense sucks. Uh, and when, when he is playing well, you know, it's, it's one of the best in the league. So now Jeffrey, like, like I mentioned before, Terrell Edmonds turned it around. Uh, who's your pick in that one? 
Well, you know, I'm a huge Terrell Edmonds fan, and it's easily Tremaine. It's, <laughs> it, that's, that's an easy choice. Um, I'd, you know, even with Devin Bush, I'd take that, and we'd have to we'd have to go find another safety. But, but I would I would take that, especially and especially now, man. If you could just send him over our way and let him be our <laughs> linebacker, that would be great. <laughs> solve a lot of problems on our defense right now we we suddenly have a, a surplus of linebackers actually at the moment um the bills like to run two linebackers and nickel most of the time uh matt milano is their usual starter alongside Edmonds, and he's been hurt a lot this season so he's only just come back this week um in the meantime they've got aj klein running in there and uh bills fans wanted him on the street about a month ago uh, now he has five sacks, and he looks like you know he just won Defensive Player of the Week uh, a little while ago. So uh, the Bills uh, are they're shaping up in the front seven. Now, Dan, I know uh, we're running out of your time here, so I'm just going to quickly hit you with a uh, with a few more questions before you let you get out of there. Um, T.J. Watt for the Steelers, obviously having a fantastic year, one of the betting betting odd favorites to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. What what is it going to take for the Bills to uh, slow him down if uh, if that's even possible? He's he's the X factor. I think the Bills are going to have to be totally assignment sound on the offensive line. They got to ID him every single play. They need to know, you know, who's blocking him, who's double teaming him. Um, he's he's going to blow things up, and all they can do is try to mitigate it. They just got to get out of his way and and try to run plays while he's blowing stuff up. Uh, now, Dan, straight back to it. Our old friend Tyler Manikavich, uh signs with the Bills in the offseason. Uh, how's he done uh, since uh, joining the the guys in blue? Uh, he's the number one special teams guy every week. Uh, he's taking the most snaps there. He's leading the way. The Bills special teams are excellent this year, very fundamentally sound. And I think he's a big part of that. Okay, two more questions, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll let you skedaddle. The question we we ask everyone: If you could pluck one player off the Steelers, drop them on the Bills. The caveat here is you can't say T.J. Watt because everyone <laughs> said T.J. Watt, and it it just kind of <laughs> ruined the whole bit. So if if you could take one player, not named T.J. Watt, and throw him on the Bills, who would that be? Oh man, um, yeah, you took mine. Uh... <laughs> of course, <laughs> everyone said that. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Uh, I would, I would probably go with if he were healthy. I'd want Devin Bush. Um, I that he's going to be a star someday. Um, but I would also say Cameron Hayward. Uh, the Bills' defensive tackle situation kind of meh at the moment. They've got some talent, but it's not really gelling. And he would just he would make such a huge difference on that team. All right, final question for you here today, Dan. Your final score prediction for this uh, for this game Sunday night. To completely put you on the spot, but what's the final score and who's winning this game? Uh, all right, I'm going to go 24 to 20. I'm going to go with the Bills. It's going to be a close one. Yeah, no, and Jeffrey and I will hit those uh, our score breakdowns uh, at the end of the show, but I, I completely agree. I think this is going to be a, a tightly contested game. Dan, before you get out, do you have anything you want to plug for uh, the, the people uh, tuning in right now? I just want to shout out Buffalo Rumblings. That's the SB Nation site for the Buffalo Bills talk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan R. Lavoy, uh, and it's been great talking with you guys. Thank you so much, Dan. Of course, Dan Lavoy from Buffalo Rumblings. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, man. We'll see you soon. All right, Jeffrey, getting back uh, to our conversation 10 minutes before our break here. Talked a little bit about uh, TJ Watt with uh, with Dan. Is he still the defensive player of the year front runner? 
I see. I don't think he has much of a chance. Uh, he could obviously with with if he goes off with Bud down. Uh, he could. He could do it. I don't think he's the. I don't think he's really been the front runner nationally. Looked at just because he's part of a Steelers defense, where they look at it and they say, okay, you've got Cam Hayward, you got T.J. Watt, you got Minka Fitzpatrick. They look at stats where they where it says like T.J. Watt doesn't get double teamed. He just doesn't because you can't double team him on this on this defensive line. Like with these guys, you can't do it. He may face more, and if he can really step it up and carry this defense. Uh, then, then he could, but that's the kind of game. That's what it's going to kind of take is, is as his defense is losing people as they're struggling. If he's out there making those plays, uh, then then he has a shot. But I don't think he's a favorite. I, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one because uh, I don't know if you if you've seen too much on social media these days. But uh, he's TJ is getting those graphics. He's getting all the all, all the tweets right now from uh, from a lot of those national sources. So. Usually, when you see that with that award, I because I, I think Stefan Gilmore had that wrapped up in like week twelve, uh, even though he kind of tailed off as the year went on. It kind of seems how it goes with those awards; they're basically already figured out by this point in the year. So I think there's a fairly good chance that TJ's in the driver's seat. Of course, there's still a month of football left to go. But uh, Jeffrey, what scares you most about the Buffalo Bills and and, and this game on Sunday night? Okay, what what scares me most is that their weaknesses don't really matter in this game. Like, they don't have a great pass rush. Well, Washington had a great pass rush. Did it matter? No, it really didn't. You know, like, the way our offense is designed is to take that out of the equation. Buffalo can't stop the run. They're one of the worst run defense teams in the NFL. That doesn't matter. It really doesn't. We're not going to run the ball on them. It doesn't matter how bad they are. Uh, so that that concerns me that their their biggest weaknesses really don't don't resonate with us uh they don't run the ball well Steelers are a great run defense team but Buffalo's solution to that is to just not run the ball so that like they they kind of take that out they're going to throw the ball on us a lot uh like he said they love to go four wide receivers they've got a lot of depth at wide receiver and again if to me this game boils down to is Joe Hayden playing is Joe Hayden you know, himself in this game? Is he good to go? Is he still having trouble from that concussion? You know, if he's 100% and he's ready to go and they we have our four top cornerbacks in this game, then we win this game. That's my opinion is, is, is that we, we get that. If Joe Hayden's out, though, I mean, you're relying again on Justin Lane. You're relying on, on guys that they're not that good. Like, Lane Lane wasn't bad when he was filling in for Mike Hilton. This past game, he was bad. He had a really, really bad game, uh, and and they they went after him all game. And if if we have to, if they can go four wide receivers and get Justin Lane out there in matchups, they're going to do it and they're going to go after him. So it was like Joe Hayden is incredibly important in this game. Yeah, no, it was kind of interesting why uh, why Lane kind of took a step back. He's looked good at uh, other points this year. Hopefully, uh, if he's called upon, he can kind of get that under control. Maybe he's more of an inside guy. But well, uh, one of the, one of the problems going. was we went with a lot more zone because Robert Spillane went down, and we didn't have like Avery Williamson is better in zone. You can't put Vincent Mann on on you know on a top target. So so we had to we you know the team starts going more zone, and he was getting picked apart in zone. And another problem is you know Robert Spillane's not going to be. I think they they've already said he's out. Uh, am I right on that? I could be completely wrong. I hope I'm not. I, I think uh, actually, I hope I am wrong. But but if he's if he's not going, 
you're going to see more zone again because we don't really have a linebacker to match up in man unless Ulysses Gilbert III, you know, shows up, gets on the roster and out of the coach's doghouse and gets and gets out there and plays more. Uh, the two weakest, the two problems we had this game were, you know, we had problems with Justin Lane in zone and our dime defense was getting absolutely exploited uh, this this last week. I don't, I don't know what we change up. Marcus Allen didn't seem to be playing a bad game. It just seemed like we couldn't stop anyone in dime. Uh, speaking of this defense and, of course, some of those new bodies coming in, uh, two guys to chat about. UG3, if he does play, what would he mean to this team? And I don't know if you've seen too much of Cassius Marsh, the, the newest member of the Pittsburgh Steelers who they plucked off the Colts uh, practice squad uh, today. Um, so he, I, I believe with doing that, he has to be on the main roster for two weeks, I believe, before he could be sent down again. Uh, former Seattle Seahawks, he started nine games in the past. Um, what do you think of, the, of those two guys uh, being able to to play, and, and what would it do if, uh, if they had UG3 in the lineup? UG3, if he can get in there and play, is he's a man defender. He's not good in zone. Uh, but he is a really good man defender, especially against running backs and tight ends, which is exactly what the Steelers are missing right now. The problem is if the coaches don't trust him to play in zone, are they actually going to even play him? Because as long as they don't trust him to run the whole defense, they're not going to telegraph and be like, all right, UG3 is on the field. We're running man. Uh, they're not going to do that. They'll just not play him and, and get picked apart before they'll put in a player who only does that. At least historically, that's what they do. Uh, so UG3 could be a big deal if he can get in there and play, uh, especially if Hayden's out. UG3 would be a nice addition there. He's also a special teams player, which I don't know if that matters that much. Alex Highsmith dropped a lot of snaps, so it would be nice to have you know another linebacker in there. Uh, Cassius Marsh, I, I don't know if he'd actually get much time. It would be interesting to see how many snaps he'd get with Alex Highsmith. Uh, and that's that's the thing that registers most with me is it will be interesting to see where a guy like a Cassius Marsh can walk onto this team and rank uh, compared to an Alex Highsmith, Ola Sunkanmi, Adeniyi, you know, where he will rank with those guys. Um, this is from Sean Smith I see in the chat here. Um, something I wanted to talk about briefly is what exactly we paint Derek Watt for. When, when uh, I asked Dan about uh, uh, Tyler Matikiewicz, He's obviously the the special teams hole that we missed out on. Um, that that was one of the reasons why Derek Watt was brought in. Uh, combine that with uh, Rosie Nix missing all of last year. The reason why the Steelers brought Derek Watt in is to really get a, a two for one. And the Steelers don't really play for whatever reason. They don't really play a fullback in the traditional sense whatsoever. And, and they haven't played any sort of power type role. Uh, as much as I've been calling for it, and much as I want to see Derek Watt the ball, get the ball, I, I don't suspect that's going to happen anytime soon. Jeffrey, am I off base by saying that the, the Steelers just basically don't run formations that uh, utilize the fullback? And has Derek Watt been uh, been enough on special teams to uh, to uh, to to earn that uh, three year nine million dollar deal? I think so. I think I think he's going to earn more of it next year. Uh, I think there's a good chance that he's our special teams captain next year. He's very, very solid, and we missed him when he was out on special teams. They are using him well in the offense when they use him. Uh, but then, like, this past week, we saw a play where he was lined up as a wingback. 
Uh, he came underneath. He was wide open. He was wide open, bent through the ball to someone else because Vance McDonald chose not to block, you know, Montez Sweat, and Montez Sweat was right in Ben's face, and he just had to get rid of the ball. But Derek Watt was open. He had a, he had the ball. He that would have been a touchdown. I think that's that was in the goal line stand, uh, and he would have had it. He would have had that touchdown. Um, but it just it just didn't happen. He's not a pure fullback. He's not your guy that's just, you know, get him get him in there in front of the running back and, and plow away. And even using him like that, it's not going to help because our, our weakness in our offensive line right now, our run blocking, is our interior offensive line. It's uh, DeCastro and Hassenhauer. It, it doesn't matter if you put a fullback in there. Fullback's not going to block a defensive lineman and a linebacker. Like, it's not going to happen. You're, it's still a loss. So it, he's not going to fix the run game playing, playing in the traditional positions. Uh, they are using him a little bit. But right now, right now, big sets don't work for the Steelers. They just don't work. Every time we use them, they're bad. So he's not getting used. He's he's probably not going to get used because right now they're leaning heavily on those wide receivers. All right. If you're listening on our podcast platform, uh, you can flip over to part two now. If you're uh, hanging out with us on YouTube or Facebook, just hang tight. We're going to jump into a quick break on our podcast side. 